0: Today on Doing the Best We Can, I do my very best not to make an entire week about baseball sound like a week about baseball because I really want you to listen. And then my friend, maybe your friend, Jesse Carey joins us on the show also to talk about baseball, but also other stuff. Come on, stick around. Even if you don't love baseball, (laughs) I sound desperate.
1: Welcome to Doing the Best We Can with Eddie Kaufholz. We We hope hope you
0: enjoy the show. Thank you, Eve and Lucy, and thank you for being here on another week of Doing the Best We Can with Eddie Koffeltz. I'm Eddie. It is nice to see you. Nice to meet you. Some folks, I'm sure, joining us for the first time, you should know that this show is essentially a memoir. That's what it is. And you may not know me, and that's fine. You don't have to know me to appreciate, or maybe appreciate, uh, maybe some of the things that we're thinking about together. And that's, that's the hope for this show, is that I present... Uh, some things that I am pondering about the world so that maybe you can ponder it as well. Well, I use ponder twice in the sentence. Oh, well. Uh, it is worth noting that this is a live show. It's a little different today because I had to record the second part of the show before the first. But uh, basically, I finish writing uh, the newsletter. By the way, this starts as a newsletter. I start writing that newsletter. I finish it and I hit record on this so that we can kind of pull down the veil together and uh, just be very honest in the moment, which is like always what's going to happen today before I get into it I did want to say a few things first of all I asked you a few weeks ago to rate and review the show I don't like that you can't respond to the ratings I I wish been to, to the lovely reviews but so many of you have written such lovely things I have read every single one of them thank you I read your emails thank you it means a lot if you haven't been able to rate or review the show that would be huge And also, uh, if you are a listener of the podcast, I hope you would subscribe to the newsletter as well. The newsletter is some of the same, but also different stuff. Like today, I talk about a product that I absolutely love that I don't think I'm going to mention on the podcast, but uh, I got really obsessed about this cutting board. So I talk about the cutting board. So I know it's little and it may not be, you may not want to, but if you want to subscribe, it would be great. I'm not being desperate, but you know, it's there if you'd like it. All right. I think that's enough of an intro. Let's get into uh, this week's main topic. Issue 27, Heading Home. I grew up in kind of an odd part of the country. Odd in terms of baseball, which I'm sure is exactly what you assumed by that first sentence. Anyhow, the St. Petersburg, Clearwater, Tampa, Florida area had baseball everywhere, yet no team of their own. The Tampa Bay Rays franchise didn't show up until I was in college. In my youthful heyday of the 80s and early 90s, this triad of cities was the spring training home to the Toronto Jays, the Philadelphia Phillies, and the St. Louis Cardinals, New York Yankees also, and others. So for two months out of the year, we'd all see much of the best that baseball had to offer. And it was just down the street. Moreover, we'd see these incredible players and teams in small stadiums that held maybe 7,000 people, but were usually half empty or half full. It was definitely intimate compared to the 40,000-plus seat stadiums that these teams call home during the actual season. Those two months were so exciting for me. Ozzie Smith, who was played for the Cardinals, he was a shortstop, he did backflips, he waved at me one time. I caught a fly ball at a Phillies game with my uncle. I ran around with other kids trying to get autographs from broken bats. It was all very wholesome and idyllic. Sure, the baseball players would smoke in the dugout, and sure, parental supervision hadn't really been invented yet, and yeah, all the dads were wearing tank tops and drinking a Clydesdale's weight in Budweiser. But somehow, somehow, that all added to it. It was pre-digital, pre-jumbotron, pre-metal detectors, and pre-adulthood and then at the end of march all the big leaguers would go home and this minor league team would move in all the minor league teams would when i was young i didn't know the difference and i just assumed that for some reason the saint louis cardinals played down the street for me in saint petersburg but of course that was the minor league saint Pete cardinals full of great players who were trying to move up their way to saint louis in my childhood I wore a red hat with SP, St. Petersburg, on it in the same Cardinals famous uh, intertwined SL, St. Louis logo. I wish I still had that hat. And I honestly wish I still had those days. On a lazy Saturday, again, without the burden of adult supervision, I would get on my black Huffy BMX bike with gold checkered accents, so rad, and ride to the 7-Eleven gas station. At the 7-Eleven, I would buy a small Coke Slurpee with change I found in my dad's white ashtray. At the checkout counter, I'd take two yellow tickets that were under the handwritten sign that read, free, two per customer. These tickets were actual tickets to that day's actual St. Pete Cardinals game. I'd bring the tickets home and try to get someone to go with me. I have a vague memory of going fully rogue and riding my bike alone to the waterfront Lang Stadium and attending a mid-Sunday game. At the time, it felt like I'd traveled to the end of the earth for baseball. Google Maps just told me that it was a 20-minute bike ride. And therein lies my love of baseball. Those memories have absolutely nothing to do with the game itself. I didn't even play baseball as a kid. Yet this game conjures the distinctly Americana idealism of kids on bikes, summer doubleheaders, the peanut vendor who played the harmonica, and the over-sentimentalized simpler days of childhood. But in fact, my childhood wasn't simple. And I'm certain that a lot of the kids who were hoping to get Ozzy to sign their gloves had complexities as well. But for a few hours, baseball muted it all. As we watched stoic adults playing a kid's game, our family was happy. Our priorities were aligned. Root, root, root for the home team. And the pace of the world slowed to the perfect rhythm of the game. Compared to the pace of an NFL or NBA game, The MLB is a banjo being lazily plucked on a riverbank. But that rhythm of pitch, snap into the catcher's glove, strike, and the soft murmur of a relaxed crowd, then another pitch, the crack of a bat beckoning them to attention, and the smattering applause as a runner reaches first, that's just everything. Which is why today, as an adult, with all kinds of adult-like issues, see, previous newsletters, I'll turn the Washington Nationals home opener on in the background. I'll continue to work and probably even finish up taxes, but for a moment, it'll be a warm afternoon in Florida and I'll be on my Huffy with two 7-Eleven tickets and not a care in the world. Well, we will continue on now with the free skate portion of our podcast. Of course, we just talked about baseball and very nostalgic. And uh, I have to, I just, I had to bring on the only other Washington Nationals fan that I know. But more than that, I'm certain you know our guest today. He is the curator of all things at Ironclad. He is the host of multiple podcasts. And he is from what have, many have called uh, the last great era of the relevant podcast, which I was on <laughs> with him. And that, that's his words, you know. Uh, friends, would you join me in welcoming Jesse? Jesse. Harry.
1: Eddie, thank you so much for having me on, Dude, man. No. I'm I'm very excited to come on and and talk some baseball. I've been thinking about baseball a lot lately. I've, I'm coaching little league now. Yeah. Are and, you? And nothing. I am. I am. We have a big game tonight. What's um, the name
0: of the team? Is that too personal?
1: No, we're the Cubs. We are. You get assigned like a major league team. Yeah, yeah. No, I love it. That's very exciting. But nothing causes you to like deconstruct something mentally like trying to explain it to eight-year-olds. You know what I mean? Like you never have to think more carefully about something than if you're explaining it to children and seeing how stressed out they are. At just learning the rules of this very insane game that you and I have spent a tremendous amount of time—it's like when
0: I, I worked at a, I worked at Office Depot and I basically sold computers to old people during the day and had to every day explain what the internet was—and you're yeah. like, yeah. who can who can explain this? who can actually deconstruct so what have you had to figure out how to learn how to teach kids baseball that is an unbelievable but, way to learn the game
1: well let me say this the the thing the thing is like I also have recognized like how anxiety- ridden baseball yeah, is okay. like I think we think of baseball as like the, the, I'm sure I, I haven't I can't wait to read your <laughs> you, you know thoughtful reflection oh, so nostalgic I mean, and sad boy you know yeah. it's yeah it, it, a thoughtful meditation on baseball but I'm watching it through the eyes look okay here's the other thing it's not just stressful for the kids i'm the first base coach so i have to tell them when to steal second and i feel the eyes of every even though no one no one is thinking about the first base coach at a little league game there's zero people thinking about it but all i'm thinking is if i send this kid to go steal second and he gets out i will be absolutely humiliated but that's how a kid feels every time he's up bat it's a very stressful thing to play little league let me ask
0: you though about the decision to have a kid steal second every time very aggressive (laughs) because right because in like mlb there is an assumption right they're all able to run i mean they're not they all don't have like trey turner speed right but they are all able to have it but when you're when you're coaching children there's just a kid that's basically to like just gonna walk like how much do you have
1: to factor in the ability of the i ask them i ask them every time they reach first base are you fast and you think you can steal second and if there's a mo- if there's any hesitation i i'm i'm pretty much calling for a pinch runner there's no there's no learning curve you either can or you can't kid <laughs> That's what I want to know. Don't humiliate me. But okay. But Eddie, before we get to the Nats, there's something I was thinking about when you said we're going to talk baseball, and uh, you know this, and this. You don't have to be a baseball fan listening to 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 think about this. All right, I mentioned how like it it can be anxiety ridden to watch little kids play baseball. Every time there's a pop fly, you feel the pressure for that kid, right? right? But generally, you watch baseball because it's a very relaxing game. You know, like even if the team's no good. Baseball is a, an interesting game because, like, unlike a lot of sports, there's no, you're not fighting against a clock, right? right? Like, baseball is an interesting meditation on the passage of time, right? Even the way you score a run is to rotate around a field. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> there, there's sort of these interesting symbolic things about baseball that make it kind of a fun to, to watch and think about, especially like on a long summer afternoon, right? What are your thoughts, Eddie, on the pitch clock? Yeah. Because For 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 people that don't know, baseball is slowly integrating a new uh, uh, like you know I guess technology with the idea of making the games faster. Where out in the outfield there is a clock that has 15 seconds on it, and every time the pitcher prepares to pitch, the clock starts running, and they only get 15 seconds between pitches. Now I've been to a couple minor league games where this is in play, and it has ruined the game for me, Eddie, (laughs) because. Like I don't want to be stressed out when I watch baseball, and every time the pitcher's on the mound, I cannot help but look at that pitch clock and be like, five, four, throw the ball, you lunatic! <laughs> like it's it's totally ruined the the, the 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 relaxing element of watching the game.
0: What's your pitch clock? Okay, take? so listen, I talk about in the article a little bit about the the thing I love about baseball is the pace of baseball because we love NBA, yeah. we love NFL, but those are made for like an internet world right like it just keeps yep. going yep. it's moving quick even when there's something not happening at an nba game it's like all right let's let's shuffle on 20 old people to do a dance and we'll clap right and then throw pies at each other yeah (laughs) exactly but it's right and baseball just has i think i described it in the article as something like it's like picking a banjo by the side of the river yeah exactly supposed to be slow that being said so so i like the pace i like that i can have a game on in the background of when i'm working and miss nothing if i if i do an email because it's still And the pitch clock feels fast. I wondered if we'd notice. Oh, it feels oh it, then yeah. again. Okay. So the other part of it is I do want people to watch baseball. And I, I'm like, if I gotta do a pitch clock in order to get an audience there and to you know what I mean, to keep the game alive, I'll do it. But generally as a as a kind of old school fan, I I, I don't love the pace.
1: Okay, but but dude, there are other ways to get people interested that, that can improve the game, okay, and I have give one it. for you. Okay, it. and this is how insane the pitch clock to, it is to me, right? Like, no one was complaining about the time between pitches. Everyone liked the pace, to your point. What is the thing everyone complains about? It's the inconsistency of of of, of the strike zone. Like, different... Um, think about, oh, absolutely. For, okay, think about how insane this is. Different umpires have different strike zones. They're like, oh, they're calling it pretty tight tonight. They're, they're you know, oh, he's letting some high ones go. It's like, dude, the, 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 the fundamental element of the game is to be able to throw a ball into, a, like, a, an invisible square right over the plate. And you're telling me that's going to change just because the, the umpire feels like it that night? If, if, if only there was for, some technological solution to make that, it that, uh, full proof. That, that could get it right 100% of the time with 100% accuracy. Every single time. Instead, we're going to have a dude crouch over another dude who's wearing a mask to obscure his vision, trying to determine if a baseball traveled, you know, an inch to the right or left while another dude swings a bat through his field of vision.
0: I want to take people out for a second. So for people that are not baseball fans. So basically, you understand the strike zone, like where a pitcher has to pitch to get it inside. And and it is this invisible box that is dictated by the umpire. But in the recent years, they, there is computer technology that absolutely, like when I watch it on TV, you can see the actual box and you can just see in a moment if the ump was right or wrong in that call. And so there, there is just, it is absolutely crazy at this point that we're not using that technology and you're just watching them get it wrong. You're just going like, yeah. okay, 100%, that was a strike. 100% they call it a ball. I guess they had a busy night last night, or they just don't like the batter, or who knows what's going on, or, right? Or,
1: or that it's hard for a human to look at an object moving 100 miles an hour two feet from their face. Like, right. we, we can solve this. Yeah. Right? It, it, and that's, okay, and 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 again, I'm very excited to hear your kind of formal thoughts on baseball. But the decorum, okay, like they don't change for the sake of not changing. Eddie have you ever watched have you watched any Korean have you gone on a Korean baseball uh, a rabbit hole on YouTube no give it all to me tell me it's a totally different game okay like they have like college marching bands in the stands no like okay the energy level is totally different uh, in the stadium like it's like a, a European soccer game because they chant the whole time yeah they have do they have a cheer master who's <laughs> <There's> this dude <laughs> Who wears the baseball uniform, but he looks like a K-pop star, oh. and he stands on top of the dugout for the entirety of the game and just sings and dances for the for the whole game. It's like if Mr. Met was just unleashed. It, it, exactly. It, 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 it's is is if baseball wasn't so stodgy. They also encourage bat flips. Like <laughs> for for listeners who don't know, like a bat flip is when. A, a a batter m- makes a good hit and while running to first bait, throws the bat up in like a playful score celebratory way yeah, if you cool. do that in major league baseball it's y- 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 you would have thought that you have <laughs> desecrated the the remains of Babe Ruth <laughs> like yeah, yeah, bad, it is, bad. people are just i can't believe what the games coming to that guy <laughs> that guy harmlessly playfully flung his bat into the air in a celebratory fashion like <laughs> In Korean baseball, they 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 freaking fling it 100 yards in the air. It's awesome. (laughs) I think we need to.
0: Okay, but listen, our modern version, our our well, our Western version of Korean baseball is the Savannah Bananas. Do you know about this? Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. They're like the Globetrotter.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What do you think about that? Because they are breaking all of those rules. I mean, they're just it's wild. There's still baseball happening. They're breaking every rule. And also their games are totally sold out and they are on ESPN and they are taking over. What What do you think about that
1: sort of like new era of baseball? I'd love it. I'd love it. I, it be, because here's the thing, like the decorum in baseball is just sometimes like, uh, like I get it. And that's part of the charm of the game is that it remains unchanged. Like you could watch a baseball game from 100 years ago, one today. And, you you know, it would look pretty similar. And I get that's part of the charm. But also, it's like, come on now. Okay, think about this, Eddie. Okay, Like, if you, let's say Bryce Harper steps up to the plate, knocks a dinger, okay? And on his way, as he's trotting to first base, just does a mild bat flip, okay? It is assumed in that stadium by everyone there that his next at bat, that that we are gonna witness a straight up assault. Like, <laughs> yeah, we are going to see a a grown man throw a ball with the intention of oh, yeah. hitting another man in the rib cage for the And and hurting him. A hundred
0: mile an hour ball that I mean, you saw Justin Turner's face yeah. the other day. Like, really, really like you're just Giving another man permission to essentially shoot another guy. And
1: and, and if you do the bat flip, if you do the bat flip, you know, just something that is absolutely harmless, it is a legal assault. Like, like, like if you did that outside the stadium, (laughs) just threw a baseball at someone, (laughs) you'd legit go to jail. Right, right, But but in in the context of Major League Baseball, it's like, well, he shouldn't have disrespected... The the, the 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 heart of the game here. Yeah. What are, what are the kids gonna think? But I mean, yeah, what do kids watching think? instead throw a baseball right at that guy's heart right now. <laughs> like this sounds
0: <laughs> Right. Their answer for that is let's wear like helmets, like batting helmets that have more protection instead of we're gonna stop we're gonna stop the attack. Just try to cover yourself, and good luck out there. It's it's a rough game, but,
1: but but you have to stand in this little box and just take it, you know. And they and they call it plunking. It sounds so yeah. like oh, he's gonna get plunked. Yeah. Like, it's like getting plunked he's throwing a rock hard ball at the guy's lungs he's like
0: <laughs> right he's he's like sacrificing the like the long-term relationship that he that that batter might have with his family
1: <laughs> but because of the unspoken rule in baseball it's like well you, you you know you really shouldn't have enjoyed that home run too much yeah you, you know s- no decorum yeah. there
0: um listen I, I have a couple of questions for you that I, yeah. that I need to know about baseball. Okay, so first of all, I talk, as I tend to do on this podcast, very nostalgically about yeah. why baseball kind of got, it, got into me. Because, you know, baseball isn't the automatic sport that it used to be. Like, if you were a kid growing up in the 40s and 50s, everybody had their team. It was the country's game. But for our generation... We have a lot of baseball fans out there, but it is not assumed that that baseball is going to be some like in someone's soul. Yet it is in yours. Yeah. So where did it hit you? How did you? How did you get it? How did? Why do you
1: love it, dude? That that's been the fun thing about like coaching little league because I grew up playing little league. Like we, it wasn't really like optional for me growing up. It was just like, oh, it's summertime. That's what you do. And I you know spending so many Saturdays like even the stuff like adjacent to the game like playing the game is a lot of fun you know but just sitting around like there's so much sitting around in baseball right Yeah. and uh, you know whether you're on the dugout or waiting for your turn to bat or like me my brother played too so you're you're always at the ballpark you know And there's just, like, a rhythm to a day at the ballpark, whether you're, you know, coaching Little League, playing Little League, or going to, like, a major league game, where it's really about, like, figuring out interesting ways to pass the time, right? Like, if you're in the dugout, you're, like, chewing sunflower seeds. If Before the game, you're just kind of playing catch, you know? Yeah. Like, or or just kind of warming up, swinging the bat. There's very little actual doing stuff in baseball, and I think I really enjoyed that as a kid, even though I didn't know that's what I was enjoying, you know? And, and that's kind of why I still love it, is because it really is just about your ability to appreciate not like stillness but like sort of a collective agreement that what we're all watching and doing is going to take a little bit of time and you just have to wait your turn for to get any action Man, you I, know?
0: I could not agree more that every everything the just the rhythm of it right it's like pitch snap of a glove call pitch it back to you know like it's yeah. just that that beautiful rhythm and there's something about that that when that that music gets in you you can't you can't ignore it what like growing up who were your who was your team or did you have a team there's some kids that are just like i love all of them or were you like uh because you were you grew up in a great era of baseball now granted it was riddled with steroids but we didn't know that at the time
1: so and 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 honestly dude i don't care (laughs) It it made it real talk (laughs) (laughs) ethical stuff aside it made it pretty awesome didn't it like those guys were monsters and it was you know watching him hit 70 home runs right I'm not complaining looking back, but yeah. Right. Anyway.
0: You're like, maybe, maybe the, maybe the takeaway from that shouldn't have been let's not ding them, but <laughs> let's, let's let it, let's go. Let's have it in a little dispenser inside of the clubhouse. And yeah. Everybody's on an equal playing field.
1: Well, that's where every team, <laughs> every team gets like six vials of, <laughs> right? Well, like like straight up Liver King. <laughs> like just. You know prepping for a marvel marvel movie roids and you get to use those vials throughout the season on whatever player yeah you know you like, give it to it, who it, you it. want
0: you got it but it's right it's exactly
1: <laughs> just <laughs> don't just don't exceed yeah the drugs we're legally giving you
0: <laughs>
1: who was your team who was your
0: team growing up or who were your guys
1: oh man well i mean everybody was like a king Griffey jr fan oh, yeah. i mean even just by virtue of him wearing a backwards hat and during batting practice as a kid, even that was, like, a big deal. You know, I mean, that's how stodgy baseball was yeah, growing yeah. up. You oh, know? Well, he like, was the bad boy at that time.
0: Like, yeah. he was baby-faced, but also the bad boy. Was he the last great unifying baseball player? I, I've thought about this,
1: because we've had greats since him,
0: but was yeah. he the last one that everybody was like, this is the guy?
1: i I think so because, like, like right now, like let's take the modern era. Like Mike Trout is probably the best, or 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 Shohei Ohtani, right? Yeah, yeah. But outside of. Pretty like the baseball fan base. If if you ran into one of those guys in the street, you probably wouldn't know who they were. You know? Literally. Yeah. I'm trying to think of the last era of baseball where where a casual like American yeah. that is just absorbing pop culture could encounter a player out uh, out out in the wild and know who they are. I do think it's our era because Definitely. like. Maguire and Griffey were larger than life. They were icons. Like even if you didn't care about the game, you 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 cared sort of about their celebrity and yeah. the status that they held and like the zeitgeist. Where I don't know if that really exists right now. Yeah, you I know?
0: Think J- Jeter and A Rod probably made that like zeitgeist of everybody knew them, but there isn't there isn't a ton. You're right. The most baseball of the current baseball greats. easily go unrecognized
1: so yeah you i I feel like bryce harper is is a big deal and people but he has a very like you know uh, established look too you know like he just looks like a famous person beyond just being a great baseball player
0: those listening who don't know bryce harper uh currently and probably for the certainly for the rest of his career uh plays for the phillies um just an incredible hitter just really amazing guy uh played previously for the washington nationals which was very exciting um, but Jesse, we're going to ask about Bryce real quick.
1: Yeah, let's do it. Is he
0: just completely crazy? Like, I, think about hanging with him on a Friday night. Is he crazy? Yeah.
1: I think he would probably be the most intense person <laughs> you've ever spent time with. Like... <laughs> Even just how he, like when he's being interviewed, like the intense, do you remember, okay, <laughs> Eddie, you and I are longtime Nationals fans, and as you were saying, um, like a lot of great players, they start with the Nationals and then get traded for, for nothing, uh, right. except for, uh, as if the organization is actively trying to isolate fans. Right. Um, <laughs> you you mentioned Trey Turner like broke like Bre- <laughs> breaks my heart yeah but but with but with Bryce Harper like do you remember when he so he's for for people that don't know uh he's LDS i think uh or uh, I, I don't know how yeah. practiced he still is but yeah. when he got into the league he was very young too i think he was only He turned 21 as he was playing for the Washington Nationals. Do you remember this incident in the locker room? I do. Keep going. And a reporter, I think they were in... No, I, I don't think they were... I don't think he even turned 21 yet. I think he was playing a game in Canada. And the reporter had said something along the lines of, hey... The drinking age, I don't know what the drinking age is in Canada, but I if I'm remembering the story right, I think it's 18, and the reporter said, hey, you know, you're in Canada, you're old enough to drink here, are you going to go have a beer, you know? Yeah. A pretty harmless question for a young baseball player, right. right? Yeah. Do you remember the look that took over Bryce Harper's face? It's unbelievable. It was. I. <laughs> you would have thought the guy, like, insulted Bryce's mom. Yeah. Like... It was, <clears throat> I was terrified for that report. And you remember, and, and, and now it's become iconic, yeah. his response, yeah. where he just said, that's a clown question, bro. Yeah. And <laughs> but, but, but he, he didn't, didn't say it with a smile or a smirk. No, like, no, 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 no. He it, was just it, not it was having like, it.
0: it. was It was a deep personal affront to what was basically just a hacky interview question that should have been just laughed away. It should have been
1: nothing. But I if, feel like yeah. I feel like if you are hanging with Bryce, he says that to you probably six times a day.
0: You know, <laughs> right? Nobody even pays attention to it anymore. That's just yeah. what
1: he's yelling as they all
0: walk into the dugout.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I, I feel like he'd be too intense to 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 really enjoy hanging out with. But that's what makes that's what makes like the like really great athletes to me really fun to watch are not ones that are relatable, right? You yeah. know, yeah, like yeah. King Griffey Junior. Right. He was very cool, but he was also very relatable, yes, you know, yes, or like sort of like a Steph Curry is, is sort of a modern version exactly. of that, right? Like you feel like, I think that's why kids like him so much. I don't, as an adult, I don't like those players. I like players who's like, there's something wrong with that guy. You know what I mean? The real wild like,
0: card. They're not dangerous, but they're not okay. And so yeah.
1: what's going to happen out there is anybody's guess, really. Exactly. like You watch the the, Jordan documentary, you're like, dude, this guy is a crazy person. He's a horrible man. Just a horrible...
0: Okay, how did you become uh, a Nationals fan? Because you didn't grow up a Nationals fan because they didn't exist. They were old school. They were originally the the Montreal Expos. I can't imagine you grew up an Expos fan. No, but
1: the the Expos were very cool when we were growing up. They
0: were very cool. That's how I got into it. So yeah. that that's where I started. So is that where you started?
1: No, I. So I, I I played little league and we had a minor league team here, the Norfolk Tides, which was the farm team. They're the farm team. They're AAA uh, a farm team for the uh, Orioles now, but growing up they were the Mets. And so we didn't really have a team. The closest regional team was either Baltimore or like Atlanta. My my grandfather's a big Atlanta Braves fan. Yeah. But I remember when. Uh, the expos were getting relocated, and there was a couple cities that were in in play. One was Richmond, one was DC, and one was Norfolk. Like my, you know, uh, Virginia Beach, Norfolk are kind of like sister cities where I live, and it was, it was big deal. deal. It was like in the newspaper every day. People were following it, and it was looking like the the odds were pretty good that they were going to end up in Norfolk or Virginia Beach because D.C. is such close proximity to Baltimore, right? Like, I remember all this playing out as, like, a 12-year-old. Yes, yes. And I was totally convinced in my mind that we were going to have a Major League Baseball team come yeah. here. And I got totally into, the, the, like, the Expos, you know, just knowing this was going to happen. Obviously, it didn't work out they ended up going to D.C. Yes. Uh, but their first draft pick... Was Ryan Zimmerman, who's a native of Virginia Beach and yes. played at UVA, and so I think even like regionally, locally, uh, Ryan Zimmerman was great, obviously a great pick, Mister National, you know, like yeah, great dude. The best. Well, but locally, people kind of looked at it as like that was there. It was like they almost. I, I don't think this is the, the the actual case, but it was it was sort of interpreted as a, an olive branch to. Virginia Beach fans, like, hey, we're gonna take a local guy as our first pick as an organization, even though we're in D.C. So that that's kind of where I started following the team. Uh, but it's been outs- outside of a really fun couple year run. Man, it's it's yeah. not easy being a Nats fan.
0: ESPN this morning was ranking the the top thirty teams, with number thirty being uh, us, the Nationals. And and did you read the write up on it? No. It was it was they weren't even trying to be as defeatist as they were, but they're like. Basically, a miracle could happen and they set themselves up for next year. There's no Golden Glove winners on this team. It was just the percentage that they gave for them reaching the the World Series was 0.0%. Like, it's statistically already impossible. The season starts today. They've already lost a convention. So... Uh, to that end, plenty of tickets this year, and you and I really—we've been saying it for years. Like this is—we got to do it, man. We got go to go to the game, do it. sit and catch up on real life. Okay, last final thing. Yeah. Tell me every podcast you're on, because you have you had the scary podcast, which I do yeah, not endorse.
1: I, I, I had high, yeah, I had hiding something, which is sort of in uh, a hiatus at this point. Yes. Um, and then I I still co-host the relevant podcast, uh, but my main gig now. Hey. Eddie, sorry, two seconds. Someone's knocking on go, the door. Go, go, go. Look, sorry, two yeah. seconds, sorry. Yeah. Oh, is this live? Should yeah. I not no, no, do that? No, no, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. Or I'll just let leave me, this, just... I'll okay. just leave the I can just leave this all in, too, and enjoy right. it. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that's thrilling. That's, that's the thrill of live radio, Eddie. Okay,
0: so, okay, you were just saying, uh, I am going to leave all that in. So Relevant Podcast, <laughs> um, obviously, we love it. You got a great cast on there. You guys are killing oh, yeah, it. not L- L- still, love those guys. Still not the uh, golden era, unfortunately.
1: Oh, like, I mean, what, what is? Well, um,
0: certainly, <laughs> it was the one with Adam. I think that was from <laughs> <remodeling>. the. <laughs> <laughs> that was
1: the best one. Um, so yeah, so so still do that and then uh yeah, another podcast I do called Hiding Something is is kind of on hiatus, yes. but it, I may I may have some plans to, to bring that that back at some point. Uh but mainly I'm like producing a lot of shows behind the scenes. We just so I produce uh a podcast for a guy named Jack Carr. Yes. If you've watched The Terminal List, that's on, you. Yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> That's so awesome. I work with, with Jack, Jack a whole lot. Time. I produce the, uh, the official Terminalist podcast for uh, Amazon and got a couple projects I work on with, 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 uh, with Jack and just launched a new show called Change Agents with this guy, Andy Stumpf, who's a former Navy SEAL. Each episode, we tackle a different uh, problem and uh navy seals are like the world's best problem solvers so we match him up with someone who is trying to solve that problem uh uh so that's out now we just launched it actually this week dude that's cool jesse you're so talented um i love you man will you yeah. tell we Will you say hi to your family for me Absolutely. Same same to you, man. And hey, I'm serious about this baseball game. Nope. We got to do it.
0: No, we're we'll start texting each other now. There's no shortage of tickets. We'll get there and we'll sit and talk and not record it. And
1: I I want I yes. want so bad yes. to sit in one of those seats right behind the catcher. Oh, I've oh always boy. wanted to do. I know yeah. it's going to cost a fortune, right? I know, but let's find on. a rainy night and we can just clown it up for everyone. Like we could become the story. When don't they play have Marlins or something,
0: no yeah. one will be at that game. They don't even open the stadium for those games. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> they, they, you, they pay people
0: to come to those games. <laughs> right. You don't even have to pay for tickets. <laughs> right. All right. I love you, dude. Have a good rest of your day. All right, buddy. Uh, all right. Bye, pal. Wow. Thank you, Jesse. Love Jesse Carey. Uh, make sure you listen to his Work and the things that he's doing. I respect Jesse a whole lot. And thanks. If you are not into baseball and you've made it this far, you are a hero. Next week will not be about baseball. Uh, What is next week? I've written it. Oh boy. (laughs) Mr. Sleepy Boy forgot (laughs) what his next podcast is about, but I'm excited about it. What on earth? Oh, I write about uh, interviewing and podcasting and what I've learned from doing interviews. Uh, and what I've learned about communication. My goodness, can you tell it's been a bit of a week? I bet it's been a week for you too. Anyhow, uh, let's get out of here. Thank you as always to Uncle Jimmy so much for editing the newsletter. As I said before, I uh, would love for you to rate and review the show. Oh, I really hit that T on rate, didn't I? Uh, and I would really appreciate you subscribed to the newsletter. But whatever, just thanks. Thanks for being here. Thanks for listening. Thanks for taking time. And I do look forward to chatting with you next week on doing the best we can.